You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. They insult with a smile, they disdain compromise They can ruin our republic with incessant lies And they bully their critics on national TV They behave like spoiled children, but this is the real GOP Sing it, Don! They create a disaster, find others to blame They follow their master and never feel shame They're changing the rules to rewrite history Yeah, it's a disgrace, but this is now the real GOP Everybody's saying Oh, they just think of themselves They can only complain do it all of the time Oh, and their candidates sound So completely insane And they don't seem to mind They'll promise you nothing while never conceding They'll carelessly cut what you need to stop bleeding <laughs> True. But they'll root out their best, leave the worst in D.C. Blame it all on yourself if you voted for this GOP. Hell yeah. to propose they can only complain 
the time Oh, and their candidates sound So completely insane They are out of their mind Yeah They never are kind But they often are cruel They can do as they please Cause they think we're all fools They won't be accused If they get their A.G. But the worst they will do Is take freedom from you And this is now the real G.O.P. is Don Karen and the Parody Project, the real GOP. I, I thought it would be good to start with a song today. So there you go, parodyproject.com. You can find them on uh, the YouTubes. And yes, as somebody in the chat room said, Billy Joel would be, would be proud. I guess. I, I, I Honestly, I don't know Billy Joel's politics, but I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. All right. Well, welcome to a Thursday. I'm sorry I wasn't here yesterday. But it was nice to have a day off. So the reason I was out yesterday was because, if you listen, you know, Dave Mason was on the program last week. And um, uh, his publicist, you know, who I set up the interview with, invited us to the show. And and so, you know, I'm a big Dave Mason fan, as is David. And so um, the show was starting at 7 o'clock. Now, I don't get off the air till 6. It would have been too rushed. So he thought, you know what? I do it so rarely. I'll take the day off. I hope you enjoyed the rerun of the Jared Yates Sexton interview because that one's worth listening to again and again. Um, and uh, so, so we got you know we we actually because I could leave early. We met our, our daughter Allison for an early you know early bird special dinner, and then David and I went to the show. So we get there, and just so you know, you know I I I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled from many years of of doing, you know, music radio in Los Angeles. And just so you know, uh, we weren't allowed to take like gifts because that's the thing with the radio and the payola. But concert tickets were a regular thing. I didn't pay for concert tickets for many, 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 many years. And I always had great seats. I had parking and in L.A. parking at, you know, places like the Greek Theater is impossible. So, um um, so these days I don't go to as many shows, mostly again, cause I'm spoiled. I've had the best treatment and I don't have money to spend on concert tickets, which have become more and more expensive exponentially over the years. So when I'm invited to a show like this, of course, I'm going to take advantage of it. And, um, it usually is quite easy. You go up to will call, you give the driver's license and they give you your pair of tickets. Well, I get there. David's parking cause parking sucks at the Broward center and I go up to the box office to get the tickets, and there's no tickets for me. I'm like, oh, shit. So I have the name of the tour manager, but I didn't have his phone number. So I emailed the publicist and said, we're here, but there's no tickets. Help. Um, and then they told me, well, go in and talk to the people at the merch table, and they'll, they'll, they'll you know, get you in touch with the right person. Well, the person at the merch table was Dave Matthews, uh, Dave Matthews, um, Dave Mason's wife. 
um, who's on tour. He talked about her in the interview. She teaches yoga on the road. And so, long story short, they finally got it set up. What turns out that the tour manager, this guy Craig, who is very nice, um, there was a communication breakdown, and I guess that shit happens. But this was the fourth show on this tour, and he is a brand new tour manager. His fourth show, period. So he said, you know, I just took over. There was no instruction manual. Nobody taught me anything. He said, I went on a couple of dates on the last tour, but that tour manager said he wanted to retire, but he certainly didn't want to share any knowledge. So learned all that. Oh, Karina says, so did you guys, did you agree with the review in the Miami Herald? I didn't see a review in the Miami Herald. David, did you see a review in the Miami Herald? Let's see if I can... uh, I guess they were able to get a review in <laughs> because um, uh, the show ended so early. I mean, it was over at 930, which is fine. You know, it started early. Uh, he went on, I guess, right around eight. So was, he played about an hour and a half. And um, and then, you know, usually if I'm invited to a show, I get to say hello to the artist afterwards. Well, Dave Mason has a fairly extensive merch table where they're selling Album and albums and CDs and um, T-shirts and hats and whatever. Anything imaginable with Dave Mason's name and or picture on it. And here's the deal. If you bought something from the merch table, you could go downstairs and get in line and do the meet and greet. You know, well, not meet and greet. He'll sign it for you if you buy something. Um, and I get it. Look, it's a tough slog out there for an artist like a Dave Mason who's been making music forever doesn't have like a current record deal but is still attempting to you know still touring and still they've got to do this they sell the merchandise they do the thing but maybe you caught it during the interview um I can tell within honestly seconds when an interview starts whether or not you know I'm going to connect with this guest. Sometimes it takes a little, you know, a little getting to. And it was early in the morning. Did you see a review in the in the Miami Herald? Oh, hold on. I, you're, oh, there you are. I did not see a review in the Herald, and I just did a web search. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I didn't either. And you need to mention that not only were the tickets not there the first time, that the tickets they gave <laughs> us the first time, we went to those seats, and somebody was there, Sitting there. with those tickets yes. already. So yeah. we had to go, go back, back and, and find s- Craig again, and he found tickets for us yep. that were very good seats right in the middle. And yep. the crazy thing about it was he said it's completely sold out. There's no tickets available, right. just standing room. Then we get there, and literally, the row in front, front of, of us, us was half empty. half empty. But you know what he said was, you know, the 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 other guitarist was from Hollywood, we learned. He said there are people in the band, like a lot of people wanted comps for this show. So um, that's, uh, <laughs> I guess they, they, you know, they allot so many tickets for each show for comps, for media, for the band members and stuff. And I guess the publicist told him that we wanted to say hello to Dave, but neglected to tell him we needed tickets. So it's just, well, it, it was it was kind of a clusterfuck. To, but, to quote Willie Shakespeare, all's well that all's ends well. All's well that ends well. It was, you know, it was a fine show. It was, it was very good. He's, I'll tell you something. He's 76 years old, and Dave Mason is in fine form, and his guitar playing is as awesome as ever. But... In the interview, perhaps you noticed, when we first started talking, he was answering me in very terse, short, yes and no answers. And um, 
I, I was uh, I, my my stomach kind of dropped because I hate it when you meet somebody that you've been a fan of for many years and they turn out to be not very accommodating, not very friendly. And honestly, the minute he started talking, it was sort of like when I had Mark Thompson on from Mark and Brian, who I worked with for years, who I always considered a friend. And it was obvious he did not want to be here. Well, Dave Mason, I thought, well, it's early in the morning. He maybe hasn't used his coffee yet when we taped it. And towards the end of the interview, he did warm up. But it was very mechanical. It was very much a lot of yes and no answers, which is not what you want in an interview. You want them to embellish. And then when I'd ask him about uh, why he left traffic, and at least three times during the interview, he said, well, that's going to be in the book. Okay. Well, I've interviewed enough authors in my career to know that the best way to promote a book is to tell some of the stories that are in the book and you whet the appetite of the potential reader out there. And he just, he said, well, that's in the book. That's in the book. And finally, I said, okay, well, tell us about the book. And the book is going to be called Only You Know and I Know. Very clever title for a Dave Mason book. Um, but I knew there was like, there was no connection there. And I was bummed. And I thought, well, maybe when I see him, well, we, so we, he's doing the line thing with all the people who bought something on the merch table to sign. And we go at the end and the tour manager says, this is Nicole. You did the interview with her. And he looked at me like I was from Mars. Like it didn't, nothing registered. And I thought, okay. And I tried talking to him and it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like ready, looking for the next person. So I took a picture of him with David and David had to lean over the table to sort of get And then we left. And that was that. So, I mean, it was a great show. If you have a chance to see him, see him. But yeah, sometimes, you know, you don't want to meet the big, he just disagrees. It's just you and me and we just disagree. He wasn't disagreeable. He just, he was just going through the motions. It was like meeting someone at the Hall of Presidents at Disney. It was as if he was animatronic. There was nothing behind his eyes. Right. Yeah, it was just there. It's like, okay, he does the show. He does the signing thing. He, they, they move the line along. He's behind the table, so he can't get too close. He didn't even want to he, he shake my hand. So I guess that's a COVID thing. I get it. But anyway, I was one of the only people in the whole hall wearing a mask, but I wore a mask. Um, AP says, I saw an interview with Dave Mason a few years ago where he loves to go out and do benefits for the police, which I found weird and maybe problematic. I don't know. Well, he's not my idol. And look, I have met rock stars. And what I've found is they tend to be the bigger the person, the more magnanimous they are. That's always been my experience. I'll tell you who the biggest asshole that I ever interviewed was. And it was Marshall Crenshaw. You know Marshall Crenshaw? He had like a minor hit back in the 80s with Someday, Someway. Poppy, you know, pop tunes. Um, he was in the movie. He played Buddy Holly in some movie, I think. And uh, yes, Jackson Brown was a lot more affable, Karina. Jackson Brown was great. He was always wonderful with me. Um, but so Marshall Crenshaw, I thought I was, I was paying him a compliment when I said to him, did you ever get the feeling like you were born at the wrong time? And I meant it in that, you know, back in the 60s with the British explosion and the British invasion and the Beatles and the, you know, all the, the pop rock, which he fits in perfectly with that. 
And then a little later, like in the 90s, there was some poppy stuff that came back around. But when he broke through, it was like the 70s and, and 80s and and pop wasn't the thing. Um, and he looked at me, he like glared at me and he said, no, why would you say such a thing? And this is live on the air. And I'm like, and I tried to explain myself and he just took such offense to the question and he became a dick. Um, and so we had arranged ahead of time. He was going to, they do two songs. Usually they would. The first song was going to be a new one. And then I asked him, would you please play one of the old hits? One of the old favorites. And he didn't want to, but he said, okay, I will. Well, then after this happened, I said, okay, well, you, will you play another song? He said, yeah, I think I'll do another new one. Like, okay, you do whatever you want. It was, I'm telling you, I was almost in tears. He was so mean and, ugh. but that, you know, it happens. Anyway, Dave Mason was not that. He was, he was good. The show was great. The songs were great. He is what he is, but yeah, he wasn't, uh, it wasn't a joy to meet him. I've been a Dave Mason, a huge Dave Mason fan since the first time I heard the very first song played uh, on a stereo of, of his. Um, to put pers- it into perspective in terms of of what sort of person he was compared to other people, the first time I met Jackson Brown was when you and I were in Los Angeles right. together. Right, when we did the we other interview. The studio, right? And he was there with Amy Cooney. Well, he wasn't there with Amy Cooney. Amy Cooney was Amy, there because she worked with the guy who owned the studio. He was there at the same time as Amy, Amy right. Cooney. Got more it. More accurate. Yes. Okay? Jackson Brown didn't know me from a hole in the fucking wall. He knew you some, but he didn't knew, know me from a hole in the wall. And he could not have been nicer he was engaging he smiled he acted like a real person and who's the bigger star um i I hate to say it but i think jackson's probably sold more records without a doubt he certainly wrote more written more hits probably than dave mason but regardless of it shouldn't come down to that you should always be a nice person you should never be too big to 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 be a decent person yep. with people. Yep. I'd be interested to hear what Howie might have to say about that because God knows Howie's met more but he's big met that, stars you know, than yeah, anybody. True, but he's met them from a different perspective. Howie was the president of Reprise Records, so artists, but he was also meeting them when he was booking that's people true. at, at yep. his college, yeah, which is true. you know it's that's not true. like it was a big school or that's anything. True. Well, it was I mean, a big school. Stony Brook was a big school. But yes, they didn't have a hundred thousand students. Okay, back then. David, it it was a big school, but still, he was the student, you know, concert booker back then. But yeah, you know, this happens. There are some, and and again, as I found, the bigger they are, the the nicer they tend to be. I wasn't going to talk about any of this, and I told David I have like three different ways that I can go at the top of the show, and I don't know which way I'm going to go until I start talking. And here we go. I'm talking about this. I'll tell you one last thing about Jackson Brown, though, and the thing that David was talking about. I was on Air America Radio, and I had known Jackson. He had come on the air with me at a station in L.A. I had I hosted his episode of the Columbia Records Radio Hour. Um, we had done a few things together, and he listened to my station. In fact, if you go to NicoleSandler.com and under uh, the Nicole Sandler Show, there or there's an About Nicole, there's a poll down there, and there's tons of content. There are a lot of artist interviews, including... 
these both of these with Jackson Brown. The first one that was on the air at KSCA in Los Angeles. And then the second one, what happened was years after, I'm working on Air America Radio and I'm still in touch with Jackson's people. And I so wanted to get him on Air America because he's does a lot of benefit shows, right? He does a lot of good for the community, no nukes and just everything. And we were trying to trying to schedule something and then Air America Radio went off the air. Well, a few months later, I'm out in Los Angeles and I called and I'm like, I'm going to be out there. I can get a studio. Maybe can we do something in person? And it just so happened it worked out for Jackson. So he came to the studio. He didn't realize that Air America had gone off the air. It was just a few weeks later. And that's when David was talking about. There was another artist there, this woman named Amy Cooney, who was working with the producer who either owned the studio or worked at the studio who let me you know, who arranged for us to use that studio to record this interview. And um, Amy Cooney just, you know, she was unsigned, talented singer-songwriter, and we introduced her to Jackson, and he couldn't have been more gracious to her. And he took a picture with all of us, and they're all up there on my website if you want to go check it out. I think the pictures are there. The interviews certainly are, and there's no paywall, so go enjoy. Okay, one more thing? What? What? Stony Brook, okay. God, you know what, David? Yeah. All right. He always has to be right. He'll never admit that he's wrong, and he's often wrong. Okay, let's move on, shall we? What I was going to talk about, and maybe this is why I, 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 I took a detour, because I don't want to go there. We've been hearing all about um, these five cops in Memphis who are now in jail, thankfully, because they beat somebody to death. They beat a man to death. And there is um, video, which apparently we won't see until tomorrow, maybe not until tomorrow night. But let me read to you a little bit here. His name was... um, Oh, that's, that's the wrong one. I, there's, an, there's another one that I need to tell you about, too. Um, Tyre Nichols and five now former Memphis police officers today were charged with second-degree murder. These former police officers are all black men. And um, it's interesting because Ellie Mastal just tweeted something. Don't think that, you know, I shouldn't paraphrase him because I always, I screw something up. Um, you know what, let me, I'll find the tweet. In the meantime, we'll go to the phones. Um, uh, five, where are you calling from? 562? Who is this? Hello? Hey, this is Mario from California. Hey, Hello. hey Mario, how you doing? Mario, I'm doing great. I'm actually, hopefully I don't lose you, but I just wanted to chime in quickly. I'm driving through Carbon Canyon, headed to Chino right now after getting off the golf course here in California. Okay. But I wanted to chime in with you and David talking about Jackson because I met him in 1982 uh-huh. in preparations for Peace Sunday at the Rose Bowl. And when I saw him at first, he was just, he looked like this little teenager guy. But like David said, he was the nicest, most engaging, most personable person you ever want to meet. And over the years, I got to meet and tour with him and did multiple, numerous, numerous events and shows with him. So, oh, very cool. Um, anyway, yeah, kudos for Jackson and kudos for you too, because uh, 
we're out doing the fight. And let me know when you guys get to Arizona. We'd love to come visit. You got it. Well, everyone will know. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, all right, it's the cool. whole world will know. Thank the whole, you. Yeah. Bye, David. Bye, Nicole. <laughs> bye, bye, Mario. Um, so anyway, what Ellie Mastal tweeted was, my interaction with black cops have always been as potentially fraught as my interaction with white ones. At no point does help a brother out work because if they were really trying to quote help me they wouldn't have stopped me in the first place people noticing how quickly these black cops were charged as opposed to their murderous white fellows in other situations should also pay attention to how silent the police union has been on their behalf this is by no means normal on any front either in their treatment of tyree nichols or in the way how the 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 swiftness with which they were fired and now behind bars and um it's just all out of the ordinary so i need to point that out but meanwhile this happened this um this murder i will say of tyree nichols happened if my math is correct on january 7th in memphis on january 6th in los angeles Another man uh, who had himself flagged down police after, I don't know what happened. He crashed his car into a wall. I don't, I, I don't know. He seemed a little off, but that's okay. You see the video. The video is everywhere. This man's name was Keenan Anderson. And um, he didn't do anything to make the cop, the, he flagged the cop down. And and he he, he said some weird things. He said, um, uh, that someone's trying to kill me. You know, he, it sounded like he was having a bit of an episode, right? So the cop is saying, sit. And he's talking to him in that tone of voice. Well, you could see Keenan Anderson getting visibly upset. And at one point, and they were like, the guy's like, you need to lie down. You need to sit there with your cross-legged and not get up. And he was starting to freak out. And the cop didn't know how to de-escalate. And he started talking to him and yelling at him in that tone of voice, get down on the floor, get down there. And when you raise it like that, you're going to freak out somebody who's already freaked out even more. And so this guy, Keenan Anderson, gets up and starts walking away. Because he was scared. And the, go- the cop goes after him and other cops arrive on the scene and they're yelling at him, roll down, get roll over, get your face on the floor. And they're escalating it and they're telling him, if you don't calm down while they're screaming at him, if you don't calm down, I'm going to tase you. And they tased him over and over and over again. And you hear him screaming, help, help me. They're trying to George Floyd me. It turns out, Keenan Anderson was a 31-year-old high school teacher and a father. And the cops escalated the situation instead of de-escalating. After they, they called an ambulance, they took him away in the ambulance. You hear him screaming, please, please, please. They're trying to George Floyd me. There are people going, we're watching you. We see what's going on. We're watching you. They drive him away in the ambulance. And um, here, let me just read. Anderson was taken into custody and paramedics custody and paramedics arrived within minutes. He went by ambulance to a nearby hospital in Santa Monica, where he died four hours later after going into cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest. And they said that he couldn't 
um, he he wouldn't he didn't respond to um, uh, efforts to revive him. Really, I think there's something missing here. How do you go from being tased to dying? A healthy 31 year old man. The school says he was a wonderful, wonderful uh, employee. Now, obviously, he had a bit of an episode, but this just goes to show you they need people who are trained to de-escalate situations, not escalate them. The cops are responsible for this, as they are in Memphis. I have no doubt about it, but it's horrible. And to hear that the police union is ignoring the black cops when they go to the wall to defend the white cops... We have a problem. (laughs) That's the understatement of the day. We have so many problems in this country. And the way our police are trained is just one. But it's a big one. They killed him. They killed uh, Tyree. And this is two in two days. Enough already. And if I hear one more time, Antifa... Fuck that. I'm, you know, I, sorry, I'm pissed because I, I, I happened to have, I was trying to wait for information on this press conference on the murder of Tyree Nichols to see if they were going to release the video. So I had MSNBC playing here in the studio while I'm doing my work. And I get, I, I see, um, um, sorry, uh, Katie Turr is on the TV and she has an interview with Byron Donalds. Does that name sound familiar? Byron Donalds was the token black Republican member of the House who they kept putting up to, as an as a alternative to, uh, to, to Kevin McCarthy during the speaker vote. And um, so, so, so Katie Turr has him on and just lets him spew lie after lie after lie. She had a few things to hit back at, but she was wholly unprepared. It was just, it was infuriating. Um, Pam from San Bernardino. Hi. Hi, this is just a quick call. The the guy who was murdered here in California, his cousin is the leader of the... um, Black Lives Movement. Yes. So in fact, more. this is Patrice. Her name is, um, hold on, I'm going to find you. Patrice Cullors, C-U-L-L-O-R-S. She is one of the Black Lives right. Matter founders. This man, yes. Keenan Anderson, was her cousin. Her cousin. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, just, just thank you. Yes, I knew that, yeah. and, and uh, I got that. And just some things just don't seem right here. Too many things are not right no. here. Right. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Pam. Bye bye. Uh, So, yeah, just, you know, horrible news. And I actually had this Keenan Anderson story here um, on Tuesday, and I just I didn't get to it. And I thought, all right, well, we'll talk about it this week. And then today, the story of of uh, of uh, Tyree Nichols in Memphis. We don't learn from our mistakes. You know, look, shit happens. People fuck up. But you learn from those mistakes and you don't repeat them. Except we keep repeating them because we don't learn from the mistakes. Because 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, on to Katie Turr. One of the things that Byron Nichols said is um, COVID's over. We're going to pull back the funding from COVID. COVID's over. She didn't say anything. Say, no, it isn't. COVID is on the rise again. It is the third deadliest. It's, it was the number three killer in 2022 behind heart disease and cancer. COVID is still killing thousands of people in this country every week. And this idiot says COVID's over? No, it isn't. And Katie Turr should do better than that. She should do a lot better than that. All right. It is Thursday. Howie Klein's here. Before I get Howie, I got to tell you about my smoothie du jour. I already grinded it, but I'm going to do it again because I've let it sit here for a while. And I like the ice to get all smushed up. I love smoothies. I love the fruity you know, indulgent ones. And I love the the ones that you can come up with and make low-calorie, um, healthier things. This is one of their pre-mixed ones. It's a, it's a strawberry banana um, power smoothie that you can get from BlendJet. They have a whole line of them. They also have a Facebook group that you can join where people trade recipes. But this is the BlendJet 2. I guess it's an improvement over the original blend jet. And this thing is awesome. You can take it with you anywhere. It fits in the cup holder in your car. You see how portable it is. You can load up all the materials and all the materials, all the ingredients and take it with you. And then when you're ready, just blend it up or throw in some ice. And. uh... Oh, so good. So good. And I'll tell you, I've been making these coffee drinks. I've been even putting my magnesium drink in there at night and making it into like a like a um, like a lemon lime smoothie. It's awesome. The BlendJet too. You're seeing them everywhere because they're really good. And right now, if you go to BlendJet.com and you enter the promo code sent by Nicole twelve, you'll get twelve percent off on your order and free two day shipping. So um, hey. You know, I, I I hadn't been making smoothies because the big blender is a pain in the ass. This thing is great. And it's so easy to clean, too. When you're done, just fill it with water, put a drop or two of dishwashing liquid in, and you press the button, and, and it blends itself clean. So blendjet.com, promo code sent by Nicole 12 for 12% off and free two-day shipping. All right. With that, you know what time it is, don't you? You can even use it to blend up your own dirty Debbies, right? Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Hello, Howie Klein. Hi, Nicole. How are you I'm doing? doing well. I, I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. We went to see Dave Mason last night. I was telling the listeners. Uh, the concert was great. He seems to be going through the motions. 
Um, but I guess, you know, I guess a lot of artists are doing that now as they tour because they, it's it's their job. They need to because it's hard to sell records in today's world. So what do you mean it was great? I mean, that doesn't the two things don't match. Right. It was musically he sounded you know he sounds he's 76 years old his voice is strong his guitar playing is wonderful the band was really good um but we here's what i noticed and this shouldn't be a drawback i look you know i'm 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 a tough audience because i i think i i approach things differently than the average concert goer but i you know i looked up the set lists and he plays the same show every night which fine it's good it's it's that's what they do a lot of them i i like it when a band mixes it up i also like it when they talk to the audience and and explain like what you know the story behind the song there was very little of that and you can it's like paul mccartney i love paul mccartney but if you've ever seen paul mccartney in concert even his in between song chatter it's the same thing every night and it's really corny and you could tell it's scripted it's like that. And then, you know, afterwards, uh, he does a, a, a signing thing where if you buy merch, you can go and get something signed. And it was just like he's there to sign and go to the next one and go to the next one. And it, it just, I don't know. I, I, those are the, the, I don't want to see that side of it. I'd rather just think, oh, he's this older aging rock star who's still loving what he's doing. And I didn't get that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was never a fan. You weren't ever fan. Of, you were, were you a Traffic fan? Uh, yeah. But he left Traffic early on, and this is also what bothered me when I interviewed him. I'm like, so what happened with Traffic? You were, he was there for the first two albums, and he left, and he came back for a little while. And he left. I said, was it a personality thing, or was it something else? Uh, and he goes, it'll all be in the book. <laughs> you know, I I've interviewed a lot of people with books, and they tell some of the stories from the book to what your appetite for more but he wasn't forthcoming with anything which kind of bummed me out and did the book come out not yet it's going to be out in may so we just did oh, the interview last week a, oh he has written a book he wrote it he said it's ready to go i think it'll be out in may um but he didn't want to give me anything like to to so people would look forward to the book tell me a story or two from it but did you just interview him recently yeah i interviewed because he just embarked on this new tour Humorously, it's called the Endangered Species Tour, which is kind of funny for a 76-year-old rocker. Um, And it was meant in that spirit. But um, he seems to not want to poke fun. I don't know. It seems like he just takes everything a little too seriously. But, uh, hey, you know, he's entitled to, I guess, at this point. Okay. So, anyway, that was that. I'm still glad we went out and had a nice uh, night of great music. Um, we don't do that often enough still because it's a post it's not a post COVID world. It's still a COVID world. And I'll tell you, I was one of like a handful of people wearing a mask in that theater. Really? Yeah. Um, and then I'm watching TV earlier. I was waiting for the, the, the press conference from Memphis on these five cops who killed this guy. And I see Katie Tour interviewing um, Byron Donalds. Remember him? Of course I remember him. <laughs> Byron Donalds. And she just, he just started spewing all these lies. And she, she pushed back on a couple of things, but not enough. I mean, and to one point where she's like, well, what would you cut? And he, and he started saying all this stuff about, well, the, the, all this money from the so-called 
uh, Infrastructure Reduction Act that went to the Green New Deal. And she didn't even push back on that. There is no Green New Deal. What? That had climate mitigation um, uh, money in it? Good. It should. But she didn't push back on the Green New Deal thing. And then he said in COVID, COVID's over. We can get rid of all that money for COVID protection. She didn't push back on that. I was seething. I'm sitting here still like screaming at the TV. Well, I mean, I don't want to defend that, but uh, presumably she, you know, figured if she uh, argue, argues with him, she, uh, he'll end the uh, interview. Well, good. Rather he end it than feel like she got run over by him, because that's the that's the impression I got. Yeah, it's like. But a lot of a lot of these people don't want to argue with their, uh, you know, their interviewees. Then don't argue. But present yeah. facts as you push back, say, I'm sorry, but COVID is far from over. Do you know uh, it is th- in 2022, the number three cause of death in this country behind heart disease and cancer. And there's still 4000 people dying each week. How can you say it's over? There are ways to counter it without arguing, arguing. Well, any of that stuff that she would have said, he would have taken that as an attack on his veracity. But and but it should be because he lied. He lied about a lot of things. I mean, you know, if she would have picked up a baseball bat and smacked him up to, uh, through, over the head, I would have been happy with that, too. That's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. But I do expect journalistic, you know, uh, pushback on lies. When when somebody if I ever do an interview and somebody outright lies, I will call them on it. But I guess that's why Joy Reid hung up on me the last time she was on the show. <laughs> And she did. So, you know, go figure. So, Howie Klein. Um, uh, what Why are you? Why did hang up on you? Um, because we disagreed on the DNC's role in pushing Bernie Sanders out of the presidential race. And she wouldn't admit, this is going back to 2016 now, some of the shit that went on. And she she denied that the DNC favored Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. And she just (laughs) would not admit to the facts. And you know me, I I wasn't yelling, but I get animated. I, I speak like, and she's like, don't you yell at me. And she hung up on me. Like, I really wasn't yelling at her. I was making a point. She was lying. So um, that was the last time we spoke. And I've known Joy for years. She's from down here. Oh. Yeah. We were never really friends. We were sort of kind of friendly acquaintances. Um, But, yeah, no more. No. (laughs) Yeah, she, you know, I mean, at certain points, not lately, but a couple of years ago, she was getting attacked all the time. So I think she, she was... You know, in a defensive posture. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I, you know, look. There's only. There's not a lot of time. You know, so if I, 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 I sometimes I'm not very diplomatic, and I speak first and um, think later that maybe that wasn't the most diplomatic way of saying something. But I, look, with me, you're going to get honesty. I'm going to tell you what I think, and maybe you don't like it, but um, I can only, I can only say what I feel. And, and not try to bullshit people or try not to bullshit people. Yeah. So anyway, so Howie, what's on your mind these days? I'm looking at, uh, at downwithtyranny.com and you have something about AI and oh, Lauren Boebert. What, what the, what's going on here? Well, the, the, I, I was not really aware of this uh, chat uh, GPT. I didn't know what it was. Right. And then I read about it the other day, how, you know, the richest man in Asia 
uh, got addicted to it. So you know, it looked interesting. I thought, oh, maybe I should try it, try that. And I didn't. I didn't have time. And then the next day, Ted Lieu wrote an editorial for the New York Times, and it starts with a um, a paragraph that he said was written by Chat GPT. Wow. And I thought, wow, that's like amazing. I had no idea what it did, and uh, so I uh, so I started playing with it, and I just have been just enjoying it so much, although. I think I enjoyed it more a couple of days ago than than I am now. I'm sort of like getting used to it, and it's not as you know fantastic as I thought it was at first. It, it, and, you know, it, in some ways, it's yeah, it's a little clunky. But but I certainly like. I'll t- I'll give you some examples. Okay. I, well, the first thing I did was ask what was the most important um, moment, and I named these books that I like, like. Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky right. and Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Those are the first two I named. And and within a second, uh, it came, the answers came back, and the answers were good. I mean, like, in, in you know, I mean, I don't know if, if they were 100%, but they were, you know, as close as you're going to get from anybody. And then I thought, well, let me name books that aren't that famous, right? Because the two Dostoevsky books I just mentioned are, you know, ap- you know, classics among the greatest books ever written. So I went to, uh, you know, books that I like, but that aren't considered classics. And, you know, pick right up on it. Said, so, you know, these aren't really classics, but, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I put it in my, in my post, you know, what, uh, the answers to it. I, right. I wrote two posts <clears throat> on it already. Right. And well, it was, uh, you know, and, and he got it. He got it right. And, and so fast. That's, that's, that's what was shocking. I mean, within, you know, and very specific, you know, what, you know, what was the, uh, you know, well, this I didn't write about yet, but I, I, I said, what was the most, um, you know, important? I don't think I used the word important, but basically that was what I was getting at. What was the most important moment in Hubert Selby's book, uh, Last Exit to Brooklyn? And boom, right within a second, right into a, a whole thing that happened with Tra-La-La. And, you know, you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to get that from anybody else. That's well, for that, sure. That's interesting. The, the, um, <laughs> the, because the, you, the way you started off, it was not, it was something more subjective that you asked your, quote, AI buddy, which made me worry a little bit for you, Howie. Um, so it's, well, yeah, what happened was we had an earthquake at 2 a.m. I heard. Uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, literally like the whole house was shaking. Wow. And I, and I came downstairs. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's not good to be on the second floor or, or any floor other than the bottom floor when you're having an earthquake. So I, you know, I came downstairs and I went to my computer and, and I went right to uh, chat GPT or whatever it's called. <laughs> and, and I, and, you know, yes. And I did ask some things after the, the stuff about the books, I decided to get a little bit into some other stuff. So I wanted to see what he would say about, uh, Lauren Boebert, for example. I said, who's the stupidest member of Congress? Or the least, no, who's the... You said, which members members of the 118th Congress are the least educated? And you wrote, the response was luxury, almost a defense of Bobo. Yeah, it was luxury. And and that that was different from uh, most of the answers that I've gotten, but, but the question was different from most of the, you know, when you're asking a very, very factual thing, even though it's an opinion, like, you know, what is the, uh, you know, the, the most important moment in uh, crime and punishment, 
comes back, you know, right. he, and he, you know, he hit it. He, you he, know, he went right. To, you, you're, uh, you're assuming that this AI bot is a, is a he. Yeah. Well, not really. <laughs> I, I don't know what to call him. It, 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 it's an it, but I love the answer. Cause you, you, you quoted it. You wrote uh, to the answer to the question about which members of Congress are the least educated. It said, quote, it is not appropriate or accurate to determine the least educated members of the 118th Congress based on the level of education they have achieved. Education is a complex and multifaceted concept that cannot be reduced to a single metric or measurement, such as level of degree attained. Additionally, education is not the sole measure, measure of a person's intelligence, knowledge, or ability to govern. Furthermore, education is a personal and private matter. It goes on like that. It goes on for another paragraph. And I- Kim, I didn't ask him about intelligence. I didn't bring it up. And, I mean, it could have answered uh, my question. Mm-hmm. own metrics that, that, you know, in other words, I didn't, I didn't say what the metrics were. I didn't say what level of attainment or how many degrees they had or anything right. like that. So, it, you know, if, it doesn't, if it, it's assuming something that I didn't say, well, could, all right, an, answer by, the, by your own assumptions. But there was no answer. Right. No, this I, I get it. And and there is a there is a difference between the amount of education one has and their level of intelligence. Right. Absolutely. And and when we're talking about, for instance, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, I always say DeSantis is a little more dangerous because he's better educated and he understands the way government works better than Trump, who didn't give a shit. He, I don't believe Trump has ever read the Constitution. I don't think he understands how it works. I think he just throws stuff against the wall and, and sees what sticks. Where DeSantis... Right, Trump's not educated. I mean, no matter it, what anybody wants to say. Exactly. He didn't go to his classes in Wharton. He got, he got into Wharton uh, based on his father uh, giving a lot of money. Uh, so, so he's an uneducated guy who doesn't read. Right, exactly. Whereas uh, DeSantis, from what I can tell, is an educated guy. Right, doesn't not make smart. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make him a genius or, or smart, but he no. has a better education. Yeah. Right? And which is yeah. what makes what he's doing now even more despicable. So there's a few things going on. You've heard about the AP... Um, a course study in African American history that he will. Yeah, it's horrifying. Just absolutely horrifying. Horrifying. There's like total ignorance on his part, or uh, evil. Yes. Take your choice. Both. Ignorance or evil. Or a, a combination of the two. It's horrible. And the thing that I'm most feeling relieved about is there's already a group of students who are ready to sue him if this goes into effect if that course is blocked this is in 60 school districts around the country already henry lewis gates is one of the designers of the curriculum for him to say this it's too woke it's got an agenda fuck you you know him you know what i mean um but the other thing he's doing is are you familiar with the new college of florida it's in sarasota no. The new college is part of the Florida State University system. In fact, when I went to the University of South Florida, it was a satellite campus of ours. And it's a small campus. It has like 700 students. And what it has become over the years is a safe haven for kids, students who feel they don't belong in the big university system. It's become a haven for LGBTQ youth. There's a big trans population there. 
And this is who this school caters to. There are no grades. It's a very it's a liberal arts college in the in the in in every meaning of the term liberal. Um, And it's it's a place where people who who walk, you know, to the beat of a different drummer feel at home and they get a good education and they love it. Well, I saw an essay written by the person who now goes by the name of X Gonzalez. We got to know X when after the Parkland shooting, she was one of the she at the time was one of the kids there. She her name at the time. And I know people call it dead naming. That's not what I'm doing, but I'm identifying who she, who who this was. Emma Gonzalez. She's the one who said, I call BS. She's we, we fell in love with her. Well, she was going through a lot of shit then and wound up with a scholarship to the new college. And she wrote about it in a the cut that's part of the New Yorker. In this essay, I'll send it to you because it's brilliant. And X talks about how the scholarship really helped her, uh, helped them find their way. And now what DeSantis has done is he's putting his own people in on the board of directors with the intention of getting rid of the wokeness of the new college and turning it into a school modeled on Hillsdale College in Michigan. Is that like a religious? It is a Christian, conservative, (laughs) liberal arts college. Yeah, it's it's like the you know the 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 blueprint for a you know Christian conservative school. That's what they want to do with New College because he claims the people of Florida have spoken. Are you kidding me? This is really dangerous. Really dangerous. He's putting a lot of these these people who, you know, this is their lifeline. This campus putting them in danger. He's telling them what he they care about. Them. He doesn't care about them. What's the opposite of woke? Is there a word for it? Uh, brain dead. Asleep. <laughs> Coma. Comatose. Yep. Yeah. Unfeeling. Robotic. You know, I how the how they turned woke into a bad thing i do not understand but desantis says florida is where woe comes to die well (laughs) florida is where i'm leaving because and anytime anybody asks me why i'm leaving i say because i'm going somewhere that does not have a fascist governor he's dangerous what he's doing to this state is really dangerous yeah Although uh, that's where you're going, it's dangerous to say that does not have a fascist governor. It was, you know, wasn't by much. No, they came very close to having a fascist governor. But the bottom line is all of those state offices were they elected Democrats. Although in the case of the attorney general, what was it by? Like, you know, 75 votes? Perhaps, perhaps. But you know what? Uh, I see who's in power now, and I'm happy with that. And in fact, I have an in because David's son, so he's like my bonus son, his Uh live-in girlfriend, and when I get out there, I'm going to try to get them married or something. um, She works for the governor. She worked in the, when Katie Holmes was Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs was Secretary of State. And now um, Christine is going over to work in the governor's office with her. Uh-huh. So, by the way, why are you uh, going to try to get them to get married? Oh, I don't know because I, I want a grandchild. <laughs> you know, they're living together. Why not get married? Well, you could have a grandchild even that's without true. them getting that, married. That's very true. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. Why not? 
I, they don't have to uh, get married if they uh, don't want to. That's okay. I, I, yeah. do, I, I would like a, a grandbaby to, you know, be a grandma with. And Allison's not doing anything like that anytime soon, thankfully. No? No, no. And in fact, you know, she's even said, if I ever were to have a kid, I would adopt. And she's adopted, so that makes sense. She doesn't want to give birth. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. She said she'll adopt, but she's, that's so far out of her. She's, she's nowhere near that. And that's a good thing. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so, so, um, the earthquake, it was the earthquake was last night or the night before? The night before. Oh, David. Yes. What? We want to get them married because she's great. (laughs) And to quote the former guy. Uh-huh. In in parody form, please don't anybody take this seriously. Yeah, right. If she wasn't my son's girlfriend, I might be dating her. Uh, well, you wouldn't be, but okay. No, so yes. So there you go. She's great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But she's great even not married to him. Yes, that's true. She <laughs> is. No, she's she's wonderful. We love her. That's why I, I'd, I'd love for them to get married. Look, I you know, I, I want to be the... Someone in the chat room said, lovely to see the Jewish mother side of Nicole Sandler. <laughs> um, um, you have some. Oh, oh, OK. So you just put up a new post at downwithtyranny.com about Charles McGonagall. This is a weird, scary story. It is. It is. And it opens up, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, the whole Russiagate thing again. Yeah. Because. To me, the most important part of this story, well, I mean, there's a lot of important parts that aren't the same, but the most important part that I, that I am, uh, am liking is that he may have been the one who prevented uh, the real story coming out on, um, on Trump and the Russians. Yes, because he was work. He was like a double agent, right? I mean, he was pretending he was working for the FBI while he was spying for the Russians. Yep, that's right. Um, that's that's frightening to me i i haven't spent enough time with the story but i'm, I'm going no to they're, they're really hushing it up i mean you know it's it, it, the 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 real uh import of the story hasn't i you know i, I read everything and I, I quoted the new york times and the washington post and several other publications and no one is really getting into it they're just talking about things like oh you know he was arrested and Bad boy and you know, Oleg Deripaska. There are names that we know, though Deripaska. So, I I already put a call into Marcy Wheeler, who is my expert on all things in dealing with this kind of shit. Uh, you know, she she writes at EmptyWheel.net, and she's she's great. Uh, she keeps so many facts in her head. I don't know how she does it, but hopefully she'll come on with us next week and give us the whole background on this. Oh, good. Yeah, good. She she's a she's a semi regular. Um, who's Alexandra Hunt? Oh, Alexandra, uh, yeah, she, um, she ran for Congress, which is how I know her, and she's now running for uh, city controller of, uh, of Philadelphia. Very, uh, you know, a good, solid movement progressive. Good. Well, you know, there are a few states. I had somebody um, in, a, in a mailing list, an email list try to talk me into going to Minnesota because Minnesota is now a very blue at the top of the state, as is Michigan. You know, it's funny how the media doesn't amplify uh those things where where the um where the democrats have taken over you know are are really controlling things we don't hear those stories like you said we're not hearing the the charles mcgonagall story very much um we also don't hear about the big blue victories 
Uh, and maybe that has to do with who owns the media outlets. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, did you, did you, for example, did you hear that in, you know, in Virginia, all anybody wants to talk about is that awful governor. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that that awful governor just proposed a, um, a ban on abortion and the state Senate turned it down. And, you know, is that in the media? Is that no. In, is that, no, it just happened. Right. They don't, they don't report on it. Um, and, you know, I'm wondering, um, to go full circle and back to the Katie Tour thing, you know, why she even had this guy on today? Look, I believe in hearing from the other side, but I don't believe in allowing them to spew lies on the airwaves. I think because CNN and its new, uh, you know, bend over backwards to appease the Republicans um, and, and have them on their air all the time is is showing some gains in the ratings so is msnbc now trying that i mean there they had no no more i thought they didn't have any um any viewers anymore i mean i read some statistics that were the opposite of gains in the ratings no like they only have like a hundred a hundred thousand people watching them regularly in in the in the demographic that they're trying to get yes but apparently they are seeing I guess during the daytime, they're seeing they're seeing a rise in the numbers. They're doing better than they were before they implemented these change. Doesn't changes. It doesn't mean they're doing well. They're just doing not as bad as they were before. But I don't know if MSNBC is seeing that and and trying a different tact and thinking that maybe being the never Trumper channel wasn't enough for them. Yeah, because it is the never Trumper channel. It is. I, I, I almost never put it on. I mean, sometimes at night when there's nothing else, when there's nothing on Prime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, and, and I'm upstairs and there's nothing else I can watch except MSNBC. I need something to put me to sleep. Usually it takes less than five minutes. So that's <laughs> the only time I get to watch that. I hear you. I hear. Well, I watch too much of it just because I always need to know what's going on. But I'm doing three three other things at the same time. So I'm... <laughs> Because I, 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 it's ADD or something. Anyway, Howie Klein, um, uh, uh, we'll talk next week. Okay. Talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Uh, uh, there you go. Sorry, this was just a kind of a weird show, wasn't it? Um, I, I, you know, I guess that's the way we roll sometimes. More times than not, I guess. Anyway, the music makes you sad, Bob Johnson. What, the music when the, the show is ending? Um, oh, and Pam from San Bernardino, who called earlier, just, just texted. And she said, uh, and, I, and this was a good comment, so hold on. Uh, now I lost it. She said, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now I can't find it. Hold on. I'm going to find it because I, I don't want to paraphrase. She said, after MSNBC fired Tiffany Cross, I no longer listened to them. The firing of Tiffany Cross was shameful. That was uncalled for and unnecessary. And I understand that she was their highest rated weekend host and they still fired her because um, the Republicans didn't like her. No, how he's gone. Oh, oh, David wanted. Yeah, that's it. So you're, you're, that's it. Um, Lisey says, I like Alex Wagner and Chris Hayes. I like Chris Hayes. Um, Stephanie rule is, is okay at times. Sometimes I'm not crazy about, you know, look, they're all, they all have their pluses and minuses, but daytime is rough. Daytime is rough. All right. Um, somebody in the chat room asked about, uh, we're already in overtime. Somebody in the chat room asked about this behind me. So while we're in overtime, let me pull it down ah, and show you. 
if I can. This is heavy. I told you I've been dabbling in uh, in mosaics, and this is a mosaic. It's sea glass and sort of glass bricks on a tray that was actually brown, and I, I painted it to be silverish. Anyway, this is my one of my first um, uh, dabbling in mosaics. So that's what that is. <clears throat> so um, for whoever asked earlier, that's what that is. I've got some other stuff that well, I need to update my website and, and post pictures. So um, Winston says, I do love me some Simone Sanders, though. You see, this is what's great, because I can stand her. And it goes back to when she used to be a bitch when she would answer the phones at Public Citizen at the Trade Watch office. And she was just she was horrible. So, you know, it's good that that you like her. We all have different tastes. And thank goodness for that. Because can you imagine how boring it would be if we all liked the same thing? Yeah, that wouldn't be good. So to each his own. And um, yeah. And luckily, there's there's something for everyone. <laughs> on that note i guess i guess now is a good time to end it um tomorrow oh let me tell you what's happening tomorrow okay tomorrow is uh holocaust remembrance day now for many years i didn't deal with the holocaust i didn't talk about it it was because it it was history it happened except now they're trying to tell you that it didn't happen they're trying to say that uh they you know, there are people in the Donald Trump world, today's Republican Party, who, who are Holocaust deniers. Not all of them, but many of them. And so with the rise of anti-Semitism and Holocaust deniers, I think it's more important than ever that we do talk about what happened with the goal of it never happening again. And I, when I say never again, I don't mean only to the Jews. Mass extinction or ma mass uh, genocide should not happen. What happened to the Jews is horrific. It needs to be taught and understood so that it doesn't happen again to anybody. But we need to know what happened. And, and sadly, the last survivors of, of the Holocaust are... Um, uh, are getting really old and are dying. So I was chatting with somebody I went to high school with on Facebook and who's an artist. So we were talking about art and he's like, well, anytime you need an interview, um, you know, you can interview me about art or the Holocaust. I'm like, what about the Holocaust? And he said, he, he sent me a flyer for an event that he's doing tomorrow with a man is 96 years old now his name is leon i'm drawing a blank on his last name of course i am it'll come to me when i'm not thinking of it but leon is 96 years old leon was at auschwitz he, tomorrow holocaust remembrance day is the anniversary that was auschwitz liberation day january 27th and so they're doing this talk but steve met him when his he and his wife at the time were neighbors of steve's um in-laws his wife's parents and they he would be at the passover dinner he and his wife would be at passover they didn't have kids and they would come over there and tell their stories and steve finally wound up writing his book and it's called the horse adjutant i never heard the word adjutant before a-d-j-u-t-a-n-t but i learned something i try to learn something every day anyway so we 
on Monday did a Zoom, a three-way Zoom with Steve and Leon um, on on the Zoom. And Leon, 96-year-old Leon, tells a lot of horrific, heartbreaking stories um, from when the Nazis came and how he, you know, how he survived. And so, you know, it's tough. He's a 96-year-old guy with a thick accent. It's hard to understand him. I'm doing my best to edit it. I spent most of yesterday editing. That's what I did on my day off. Um, I, I didn't get much done today, but tomorrow, up until showtime, I'll be editing this thing. I hope you will tune in because it's a story we need to hear. Again, Holocaust survivors, there aren't that many of them left. And it's imperative that they tell their stories. So tomorrow, Leon, uh, Leon will tell his story. All right. So please be here. It's it's an important show. All right. With that, we're done for today. I will leave you with uh, the news because we can. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging, everyone. Uh, have a great night. Here's the news. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. We begin today with more good economic news. The economy grew by 2.1% in 2022. That is a solid showing. The most recent six months of 2022 showed stronger growth than the first six months when the economy contracted. This is according to the Thursday report released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. So in the wake of Mike Pence now admitting that there were classified documents in his Indiana home, the National Archives is reportedly weighing whether to ask living former presidents and vice presidents to review their personal records to verify that no classified materials are inadvertently there. The list of former presidents and vice presidents could include Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Dick Cheney, Al Gore, and Dan Quayle. So, you know, COVID is still the third leading cause of deaths in the United States, right? Behind heart disease and cancer. COVID is not over. And now an FDA advisory committee is meeting Thursday to discuss how to simplify and streamline the COVID vaccination process. The FDA is considering an annual schedule for the vaccine, like how flu shots are administered. The agency would select the strain for the vaccine in the spring so the updated shots could roll out in time for a fall vaccination campaign. Most people would receive one shot to restore their protection against the virus, according to this proposal. Older adults, immunocompromised individuals, and young children may need two doses. And here's the thing about the boosters. They are cutting the risk that a person will get sick from the coronavirus by about half. So what are you waiting for? If you're waiting for the new COVID subcommittee in the House of Representatives to help, I wouldn't go there. They just appointed COVID denier and anti-vaxxer Marge Q. Green to that subcommittee. What could possibly go wrong? So Diane Feinstein, senator from California, is the oldest sitting senator at 89 years old, and she's still not announced whether or not she's going to seek re-election in 2024. But already... Democratic Congress women Katie Porter and Barbara Lee have announced that they are or will be running. Well, now Congressman Adam Schiff is jumping in. 
He's been a fierce critic of Donald Trump. He was the Trump impeachment manager in 2020. He chaired the House Intelligence Committee until, well, the Republicans took over. And now Kevin McCarthy has booted him off. Schiff previously criticized Katie Porter for announcing her candidacy before Dianne Feinstein weighed in on her future. But I guess he doesn't care about that anymore. Just saying. Moving down to Florida, efforts are underway in a number of Florida counties to comply with a new law championed by the fascist governor, Ron DeSantis, that requires pre-approval of books in classroom libraries. Some teachers are expressing fear and confusion around the implementation of HB 1467. It actually requires that books be pre-approved materials or verified by a media specialist trained by Florida's Department of Education. The law also says that violations could be considered third-degree felonies. This new ridiculous law is just one of several new efforts backed by this governor to legislate what can be taught in Florida schools. Of course, it was just this week that uh, DeSantis commented for the first time on the state's rejection of a new proposed advanced placement high school course on African-American studies for imposing what he called a, quote, political agenda. Well, thankfully, there are three, at least three, Florida high school students threatening to sue the fascist in Tallahassee and the state over this announced statewide ban on a new advanced placement course on African-American history, which he dismissed as indoctrination, not education. The students say DeSantis is heavily favoring white history over black. They're warning that they will take legal action unless the governor negotiates with the college board to allow these courses to be taught. Stay tuned. While we're on the subject of schools, administrators at the Newport News Virginia Elementary School were warned at least three times that a six-year-old had a gun and was threatening people before he shot and wounded his teacher, Abby Zwerner, earlier this month. Zwerner's lawyer said Wednesday the administration couldn't be bothered. Administrators at the school reportedly got three warnings that this child had a gun on the same day that he shot the teacher. The administrators allegedly downplayed the possibility and denied employees permission to search the child. This according to an attorney for the injured teacher. The teacher was shot almost an hour after the search was denied. The school's assistant principal resigned Wednesday, hours before the school board voted to oust the superintendent, Dr. George Parker. Unbelievable. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on the Donate button. 